Reggae, man. Just makes you feel good. But the U.S. didn't quite grasp how dank the skank was until 1972, when a reggae song by Johnny Nash became the first to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. People often associate Nash with Jamaica due to his musical stylings, influenced by his time in Jamaica in the 60s, but the man was born in Houston, Texas. During his time in Jamaica, he worked with several influential artists, including an up-and-coming Bob Marley. For some reason, the number one single he wrote and produced was recorded in London. Nash enlisted the help of the Fabulous Five, Inc., a Jamaican reggae band, to record on this track and the album of the same name. The track saw incredible success and sold over a million copies as it stayed on top of the billboard for four weeks. Nash continued to record music, including covers of Sam Cooke's Wonderful World and Let's Go Dancing. In 1979, he disappeared from the music scene, reappearing briefly in the mid-80s with the release of his album, Here Again. On October 6, 2020, he died at the age of 80 of natural causes. That's right, in our unending pursuit of death, we're talking I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash on Cover Me. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one had us blind. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my bright, sunshiny co-host. Hey, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Smiles. What's going you on? You can't tell, but I'm, well, I'm smiling. You can't tell, but I'm smiling. Ah. Um, brightly? Shiny? Sunshiny? That's why, we, that's why I always call you Alex Miley. Burger. Yeah, yeah. I share a nickname with with Miley Cyrus. That's right, Alex. My claim to fame. Yeah, Alex, Alex, Alex. Alex. So much stuff to talk about this week, but the most important of which is, did you hear the new Van Morrison song? No, I didn't. Oh my god, we talked about this briefly a couple weeks back, uh, Van Morrison announced he was going to release three new singles, all anti-lockdown like lockdown and quarantine protest songs. No more songs. lockdown. Wow. Yeah, no more lockdowns. Give it a listen right now. Um, I was worried a bit. I was not worried that he would sway me on <laughs> science, but I was worried that the song might be catchy because he is Van Morrison. I can thankfully say that, no, it's hot trash. You listening to it, Alex? I'm listening to it right now. You hear that piano riff? I do. That's it. That's basically the whole song. That's the whole thing, eh? I mean, yeah, it's kind of a classic blues riff. Like, it's just... Yeah, I feel like... Like, it's been around for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, it's been around for a long time, and it's not compelling. If you really want to have, like, oh, Jesus Christ, Van Morrison, just, like, listen to that and then just do a quick switch over to, like, Brown Eyed Girl or, like, anything in his top five there. So is he complaining about Ireland lockdown? Where does he live? Um, I, I, I suppose. That's my question, right? Is beyond performing live music, like, is Van Morrison really that, um, you know, like, put off by a lockdown? He probably lives out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, or he's Northern Irish. Okay. All right. Um, also known as Van the Mint. That's not important. Um, heavily criticized for his objecting to measures to counter the COVID-19 pandemic. His stance has been described as dangerous. Yeah. Fucking Van Morrison. Oh, Van. 
Anyway, I'm not listening to this anymore. Um, yeah, don't listen to it. It's not very good. I just wanted to bring it up because holy shit, it's bad. <laughs> no more lockdown. Jeez, Van Morrison, get your shit. Get your shit together. On the flip side of things, Bruce Springsteen's new album dropped, and that is uh, very good. That is so, also out. That is definitely out. Yeah, old people can make good music when they try. It's true. I believe it's true. And um, and yeah. a supporter of you know, not necessarily like, not gonna call him a lockdown supporter. He's a supporter of like appropriate COVID nineteen countermeasures. Like, yeah. Thanks, Bruce Springsteen, for continuing to be like a, or seeming to be. A decent person. Yeah, continuing to keep it real. So, thanks. Thanks, Bruce, from everyone here at the Cover Me Studios, which is just me and Alex. But if we say the Cover Me Studios, it sounds like there's a lot more of us. Well, it is so, two hey. studios. That's right. It's two studios. Stu, 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 studios. <laughs> Alex, Johnny Nash, what do you know about Johnny Nash, fuck all. Yeah, me too, buddy. Um, even this song, like I knew the song generally, but I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever heard. I've never really known what version I was listening to, and I haven't right. really listened to it either. Like, I don't know that I've heard the Johnny Nash version before this week. I might have, but I, I like, I could just as easily have not. Really, the only reason I know this song is it's in Shrek. I think Shrek Two. You don't know it from Cool Runnings? I've never seen Cool Runnings. You've never seen Cool Runnings? I know, and I used to live close to where the cool where the, the Jamaican bobsled team like stayed in Calgary, supposedly. Oh, According to someone. Of course there was an Olympic village, so like it doesn't quite make sense, but that was claimed by a family friend. Like oh, okay. a couple blocks away from where I grew up, basically. Your family friend probably just saw a black person in the neighborhood. In that possible. Like, very possible. But that's what they told <laughs> me. And, and it doesn't quite make sense. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know it from Shrek. T- when does it play in Shrek 2? Uh, it's not. It's what, you it's know, like it might bit, be a right? bonus thing. I don't know. It might also be like post credits. I don't remember. It, it's the blind mice singing it of course oh is it part of like shrek's funky dance party from the yeah but i the original yeah it might be i don't remember i i i I looked up the scene real quick and it it's not the shrek in the swamp karaoke dance party um as far as i could tell oh yeah i think they but they might have done it in that and then they kind of reprised the bit because that's what shrek is all about um yeah i think because it was like an American Idol spoof in the second one, I believe. Yes. Yes, and Simon Cowell was there. Yeah, so it would have been the second one. Um, and they sing part of the song. And that's, like, why I knew it. That's why I knew a lot of, like, old pop songs. It's from, from Shrek. Shrek? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's probably the first time I heard Billy Joel's uh, <laughs> whatever one. Oh, yeah. Don't go, go change it. Yeah. So more familiar yep, to me. Definitely with that one as well. When Billy Joel sings it, lots of stuff. Pina Colada song. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I know pretty much fuck all about Johnny Nash. Um, this is pretty much his big claim to fame. Yeah, and it's it's another instance of a song that like one not only has a lot of covers but has 
a lot of covers, like like close to two hundred covers, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I, it's it was almost impossible. I barely put in any effort into like <laughs> checking over this list. I just mostly looked for names. Like I was like, oh, we know this name, we know that name. Yeah, got the cool runnings version and like. But I I did appreciate. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but I saw a few bluegrass versions that were clearly bluegrass versions based on the band name. Um, after last week, there was so much bluegrass. Just to take a break oh, yeah. from the bluegrass. I appreciated that. Um, whether yeah, it was, that was just luck, but I, I may have also whether it was intentional or not. Yeah, consciously avoided those. Um, this song is honestly pretty simple. We're gonna break down the lyrics real quick, but it's a very it's a like a one beat metaphor here that kind of goes throughout it. Um, it opens up. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. And then that line is repeated. Yeah, and it's um again simple. Like that is the metaphor of the song. Is like the the rain, which was bad times are are clearing and uh things are better and i can see out ahead of me and i feel like i'm sort of in control of my life uh based mm-hmm. on all that and it's like the light is in my life like it's it's a pretty straightforward metaphor uh extended throughout the song yeah it's uh in some ways it reminds me of that song we talked about at the beginning of this year the unclouded day right because then uh, it's I, I similar the weather good weather is good bad weather is bad but internally right rather than just externally and to compare it to the unclouded day or uncloudy day or whatever version you want to take the title from um it it feels more joyous i think mm-hmm. uh, this is like that is like the form of joy that's like very reserved and like like sort of religious joy like that where you can't move your arms too much for some reason um <laughs> but this is like this feels much happier yeah 100% much more naturally happy i think yeah cuz there's no like attribution of the this this gift of vision to any higher power or anything it's just kind of like getting through a phase of pain or strife obviously the rain is associated with sad times. Right. So the rain has passed, and now he, he can kind of see where he should be going. Right. And I guess and the other side of it is is it's it's weather, so it's not under your control. It's just mm-hmm. kind of you happen to be in a good place right now, and you're just kind of appreciating the fact that you have that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a rumor that he wrote this song after having a successful uh, cataract surgery. But I couldn't mm-hmm. find any evidence of that online. So just a, a little fun rumor there. But uh, yeah, I think it's just a, a very general, like the bad times are over, good times ahead. Yeah. And possibly um, literally being able to see better, which yeah. works with that metaphor. Yeah, it, it, all, it all fits in there. Um, I think I can make it now. The pain is gone. All of the bad feelings have disappeared. Here's that rainbow I've been praying for. It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. Yeah, I guess there he talks about praying a little bit. Yeah. But, like, uh, this song still feels mostly, or it doesn't feel, like, religious, I don't think. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. S- same stuff. The the bad thing from before, it's gone, and and the the good thing I wanted is is ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I feel good about that. Like yeah. Yeah, look all around. There's nothing but blue skies. Look straight ahead. Also, nothing but blue nothing skies. Nothing but blue skies. Nothing. Nothing but positivity. Yeah, it's like yeah. This song straight up just like overcoming a negative thing, or even just having a negative thing go by and feeling relief and joy. Like that's really it. Yeah. Um. I guess like that's that covers that's the lyrics. Yeah, those uh, are the lyrics. There's not a lot of lyrics. In terms of structure, it's sort of three uh, i mean you just call them verses and they kind of all end with the same i guess you'd call it a refrain right uh bright bright sunshiny day so and yeah and then the third verse is a repetition of the first verse like it, mm-hmm. it's a pretty basic form with yeah it's just like an verse verse and then bridge and then another verse simple yeah simple it's a sample it's so simple. And with that, we're going to talk about what's also a very uh, simple song structure at heart, at least according to Wikipedia. This is in the key of D major with a 1-4-5 chord progression, which is, like, very standard. Yeah. Nothing we haven't heard before. Nothing Straightforward. we have not heard before. Cool sound, though. Um, I think, on the song. Um, you definitely, like, it doesn't sound super reggae to me yeah in a uh, lot of ways stone referred to it as reggae tinged yeah there's definitely reggae influence there i think particularly i'm hearing like the way the bass not even necessarily the way the bass plays but possibly that as well but the way the bass sounds like the way they mix the bass there's a lot more bass in this than some of the other versions that kind of move away from the reggae thing but it's not like it's super slowed down and like has this really prominent skank or anything like, yeah, like it's there in, in some of the instrumentation, but it's not like, it's not the entire identity of the song or anything. A hundred percent. And you get right off the bat, you get the intro with the bass and some hand drumming, which I think are, are both more indicative of uh, like reggae sort of stylings. Mm-hmm. And I had something to follow that up with, but I forgot. Oh, yeah, the skank. There's no, like, classically, when you get a skank on a uh, a song, it's just, like, you get the guitar that hits the notes, and you go, oh, that's a skank. Right. But this one, it's more, like, more subtle in, in hitting those those notes. That like, it has skank. the accent? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like, the way the guitar plays, and it does sound like a lot of similar, like, that's the guitar I... I would expect in a reggae song, the kind of like higher guitar. And it is accenting, but it's kind of like part of, like you said, that like picking, strumming pattern. So it's not just going like, clamp, clamp, clamp. It's yeah. playing like, so like it, it's sort of there. Yeah, it's, it's more just like tucked into the song than just like right there on the surface. There's also like um, a piano, but it, it doesn't seem to stick around for very long like it comes in every once in a while but i don't yeah it's quite sparse yeah the instrumentation on this in general besides like the rhythm section is pretty sparse yeah and then you you layer it in it's one of those songs that's like okay now one more instrument comes in on the next verse and then another on the next 
So we get what I th I think is an accordion. Yeah, there seems the... to be an accordion playing. Yeah, and I think that accordion helps to sort of uh, like uh, increase the prominence of the skank a bit. Again, it's that tucked in one, but I think it is hitting in that that rhythm. Yeah, it kind of it kind of like is on either end of the of the beat because the the accordion sort of plays like a on the one like a and then goes up the kind of accents on the two. Yeah. And then the guitar kind of plays on the other side of that where it plays starts on the two and then kind of picks off like tapers off after that. Yeah. So that's sort of the big addition in the second verse. And then the big break on this is the the nothing but blue sky verse. Uh the nothing but blue sky verse. And we get this synthesizer too. Yeah, these like synth horns that are very like buzzy. Yeah, I I really like this synthesizer. I don't fully understand why. Although I will say, I listened to this in my car and I listened to it like with my headphones on. Um and it sounds way better with the headphones on. Yeah. Um you got to get some if you get some bass on this, it's like it's a good synth. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a unique even in the though it sounds familiar to me. You don't quite right. get this exact tone of yeah, I think else. they just kind of have the bass turned up in a way that is maybe more um, common in in like this reggae influenced music and like older right. style too. Uh, a lot of music has bass higher these days, but I don't think it's not the same. Yeah, I don't think. And then think. we end this blue sky segment with uh, what's basically a synth solo, but also these like sustained vocals this yeah there's a lot of throughout um something we didn't mention before but on the on the refrain part the, it's going to be a bright bright sunshiny day you kind of get this call and response on the brights it's going to yeah. be a bright and then you get the the backup bright bright, bright, bright sunshiny day so day. so like those backup vocals do kind of come up throughout as well yeah, and do give this song sort of a, a gospel feel. It's kind of like a gospel choir move, I think. I guess anytime you get a call and response, it feels a little bit like that. A little bit in that range, for sure. But those, uh, so talking again about that solo section with the vocal sustains, that move sure. reminds me more of like rock and roll, sort of like Beatles stuff. Um, I'm thinking of the Is this in, in the bridge section? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought it sound, it was like has a bit of a psychedelic feel to it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't remember the specifics of why I thought that, but I definitely wrote that down. <laughs> um, I think it's the the there's a transition in I think it's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club band. I guess uh, part I of that like them. even like when he says nothing but blue sky and then kind of like holds that note and then uh... I'm going to bring up Because again, because I brought it up recently. <laughs> Anytime yeah, someone does that, it kind of sounds like Because. Of it. I'm thinking of uh, With a Little Help from My Friends. Oh. Which, yeah, which trans because they go, ah, I think at the end of Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me see. I'm listening for it. Yep. Shit. <laughs> it's always hard to find in the moment, eh? Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they do hold a note, but uh, not that long. There is a song they do it for, but yeah, it it's, it reminds me of psychedelic rock. You agree? We don't need to 
do this. We got it. Yeah. So, and I mean, this was um, early 70s. So it's not that surprising. Yeah. That that influence comes through. Especially, he recorded this in London. Yeah. And like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. British influences. Jamaican influences. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's all there. So we come back to the, the bigger verse. This is the repeated one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there sounds like there's some kind of chime or something in there. Yes. Um, and it's kind of, but it's kind of like, it's like wind chimes. Like there's a lot of them. Like kind of like, yeah. Sweeping along the chimes. Um, I almost thought these... it was an effect on a guitar or something, but I don't yeah, think that anymore. I have that maybe. on there as well. I've yeah. heard it's either guitar or wind chimes. I don't know if that was possible with a guitar at the time. But it was yeah, the early 70s, and they had a lot of emerging technologies, so it's hard to say. Yeah. I wouldn't even assume this style of synth was around in the 70s, but obviously it was. Yeah, I would think it would be a lot bigger than they are now. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe not. Um, the other when thing I the, mini mode the, the, the synth is now solidly in the verse. It, it just hangs out and buzzes throughout. And that's like, and then we kind of get the the fade out, and that's the song. No, you could get you could get a mini Moog in the early seventies. Sure. Not a lot I of mean, them around, though. All right. Anyway, yeah, like we couldn't. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it kind of fades out. Um, uh, it's a very like uplifting song. Like it does a good job of of getting across the feeling of of the lyrics and and it's very focused on like just that feeling yeah it's about feeling good it's a it's in a major key and it's a fairly like major progression his voice is uh not not like a deep low voice like a like a richie havens or something it's quite high actually yes it is there that was kind of there were a few things i wasn't expecting going into this not really knowing the original one, his voice was higher than I was expecting, and I was not expecting the synth and accordion. Those were surprises to me. So this was yeah, a fun surprise. Yeah, surprises, and I think all welcome additions that sort of make this song what it is. Definitely. Um, and compared to some of the other songs that we've listened to, and, like, they're considered maybe classics or important, but, like, don't really resonate with me, I actually think this song kind of rules. Like, this is a this is a song that's good at getting its... Getting its point across. Yeah, shit, and maybe it's just the year we're currently experiencing as a <laughs> as a collective. But yeah, yeah a song maybe that's it's like, what we need. Shit's gonna be good. Is like it feels nice. <laughs> it's it does. Yeah, I, and I yeah I enjoyed I I enjoy this. I will be coming back to this song. Yeah, which is like shouldn't sure. be a surprise because it's a very popular song that people have been coming back to for decades. But now I'm gonna be one of them. Hell yeah. Um, with that, we're going to look at some of the people who have come back to it, particularly in the 70s, because I threw this playlist together in like 10 minutes. Yes, and the f- there are the a lot of them. Those is Sonny and Cher. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. Sonny and Cher. We've, of course, talked about Sonny and Cher before. They're, like, real famous. Yeah. Um, Cher is fucking Cher. Like, Sonny is Sonny Bono? Is it Bono? I think it is Bono. Yeah. 
who is apparently a congressman for a while. I always forget that. Yeah, I'm seeing his photo on uh, <laughs> it's a congressional photograph from 1995 on Wikipedia. Um, and Cher is of course still alive. And doing stuff, so that's pretty cool. We talked about that. I don't even remember when we talked about them. What did we talk about them for? I think we talked about them a couple times. Like we talk about Cher a lot. We talked about Cher or a few times. times. Sunny and Cher less. Um, I think. Um, I want to say Sunny and Cher. Blanking on what the song was. Were they on the Buffalo Springfield one? That sounds believable. That sounds believable. It has to be stuff that's, you know, uh, like early 60s for it to register for them. Right. Um, Yeah, because they did, I guess they got their start working for Phil Spector. And Phil Spector is, of course, well known for his wall of sound technique of recording and of mixing more so. Um, And I think this version kind of shows that like there's a lot of stuff going on in this and there's a lot of sounds happening yeah it's very cacophonous um and also i would say some like definite funk influence in the way the guitar is played it's got that like sound that you get there's like a wah-wah on that yeah yeah i think it's i was looking up how you did this and yeah there's like a wah and then i think it's combined with that like the technique of playing the guitar where you like play the chord and then sort of lift your fretting fingers off quickly okay. to mute it fast. So like combining the pedal with that playing technique gives you this sort of sound. That's very like funk. But yeah, there's a lot of that in this one. Um, yeah. So they've, they've translated the sort of feel good energy into sort of just like, like high energy rock. Yeah. It's more like a, party energy than a just positive energy i think yeah um and also higher frequency notably the beginning is not on the bass anymore like the very the intro it's a guitar lick mm-hmm. and it sort of continues throughout um but yeah you get that sort of like funk feel and they uh <laughs> i didn't notice this at first uh, I didn't notice it until I watched a video of them performing it live, but they do um, trade vocals back and forth. Like, this is a duet. Uh, Cher sings the first part of the first, like, it's like Cher, and then Sonny sings the end of the first verse, and then they duet on the refrain, set part, the last two lines, and then Sonny sings the first part of the verse, and Cher finishes. So, like, they go back and forth. But he kind of has a high voice, too. Yeah, he really a particular. I only noticed it on I think the last verse that Sonny came in. That was when I noticed it. But now listening to it, yeah, it is I know. Him, Once but- you know, you're like, yeah, that's not share because but they Cher are is hitting Cher. pretty close. They <laughs> are, and I don't know if that's just a side effect of how you would mix them. Like they would just end up getting sort of compressed together. But there's a frequency thing there too, and share maybe just sings kind of low. Right, and he sings kind of high, so maybe that's how it works. I don't right, know. So they just kind of hit the same. But there were definitely times, yeah, where I, like first time I listened to it, I was like, "Where's Sonny in this? Is he just a guitar player or something?" I couldn't remember like what his thing was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they're both singing. I watched two different live versions of this song. They definitely both sing it. He's got yeah, his hairstyle yeah. did not age as well as hers. 
Well, you know, you can't win them all, Sonny. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Um, yeah. What else is going on? Uh, it, like I said, Walla Sound. So, like, there's a ton of horns and stuff. They go pretty yeah. crazy. Like, when you get to the bridge, the horns go real crazy. And they're duetting. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have this cool thing right at the end when they trans, um, transition out of the bridge where they, like, go a little... They go up, like... You, you, right. you feel? I feel ya. They go, Wee! just, like, real quick. Yeah. Um, and then I think, like, there's also... They put in this, like, distorted bass of some sort that that plays between lines in that third verse. Mm. Which I thought was kind of a... Is that the third verse? Oh, no, this this version's a little weird, because they do the bridge twice. Yeah. So I'm talking, this is like, um, let's see if I have a timestamp, like 132. That verse. Um, and then it put like, and I think it's a distorted bass. I don't know if you I'm agree. listening for it. Yeah, I think I can hear that. Yeah, I I'm listening to it on Spotify as well, so maybe a little bit. I don't know if you're on the YouTube. Yeah, I'm on the YouTube. It might be harder to hear on that. Because YouTube sound quality is not very good for a lot of videos. I tell you, I know that. Anyway, the point is, I think there's a lot of stuff. It just keeps building and building and building. Yeah, well, there's just constantly more shit, and then it's uh, we get a guitar solo at the two second, uh, not the two seconds, the two right, two seconds in, just boom, <laughs> two seconds, guitar in, solo, just a fucking guitar solo, <laughs> and then Sunny and Cher. Um, the other thing this one does, or I think it's this one. No, they just like I mean, this one's kind of a bit longer. They do a lot of like outro. So you get that kind of like pop outro. So there's a lot of backup yeah. singing and just like repeating of the like main line, the the refrain line. Yeah, bright sunshiny day. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty commonly used in a lot of these covers we're going to see. Absolutely. Yeah, just so the, f- the fade out while you have instruments either going wild or the vocals going wild. Yeah, this so one, it's the horns. This one, yeah, it it's got horns. This one is, yeah, a lot busier than yeah. the original. And the original definitely fills out into the second half, but this is like full on, like Phil Spector, fill the room, just yeah. crash into a wall of sound style music. Yeah, it's definitely like it's exactly what you'd expect. From Phil Spector. Which, I don't know if he was actually involved in this recording. I didn't double check. But they are kind of part of that. They yeah, come if, from that at, background. At the very least, it would have been influenced by that from having worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty standard as far as uh, that, that sort of area of music goes. Yeah, I agree. This one, like, it's, it's a pretty decent version. And, uh, you, know, you know, we always love Cher. Yeah. Uh, but like it's it doesn't it's not as strong and unique feeling as the original for sure. Mm-hmm. 
in my opinion. Um, yeah. With that, we're going to move to Gladys Knight in 1973, known as the Empress of Soul. The Empress of Soul. This is Gladys Knight and the Pips. I can see clearly now. I can see all obstacles in my way. That's right. Um, featuring prominently one of the pips, but I'm not sure which one. It's me. You see, it was you all along. Um, so <laughs> the lineup at this point in time was for 1973, Gladys Knight, obviously. Um, Merle Bubba Knight. William Guest, and Edward Patton. And most of the vocals in this song are sung by one of the three men. I'm I, guessing it's Bubba. It could be Bubba. I, I couldn't find any credits, though. Um, but they're all on the track. Yeah, they are all on the track. There's no denying that. And this one starts... With just just vocals, yeah, it repeats the the uh, refrain line a few times. Bright, bright, sunshiny day, and it's got it's like heavy um, harmonies, like a lot of tracks played kind of thing. Did we mention yeah. this was 1973? Yeah, we did. Okay, I can never remember. That's I always remember too. See, I always forget that you say, and then I say it. I say, do you? Do we do this? And then you say, yes, we did. I always remember, and I say, great. But you always remember, and you always tell me that you always remember. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm uh, sure I've forgotten before, but I don't. I don't think you've ever caught me on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah it opens, opens with that. Lots and of echoes. Closes with this like uh, right. this harmony choir. Bright sunshiny day. And that's it's about like thirty seconds on the front sunshiny end, maybe on the back end. Yeah, it does we take up a while. Similar to the original, we do a, a bass intro after the vocals come in, after the vocal section's done. It's about twenty seconds in too, so about twenty seconds in, yeah. And then we get an actual mm -hmm. skank on this one. A very clear guitar skank. Just bam. Yeah, but it's sort of like halftime. Yeah. Um, I think it speeds up later on, though. I, I believe it does. I'd have to double check on that. This one is one of those ones that's like starts out slow, builds up. To yeah. Exciting. We get. Do we get woodwinds on this, Alex? Yeah, this crazy? one has like. Yeah, it seems to have something like that, like flutes and woodwinds and stuff. Like they've got a whole thing, whole set. They've yeah. got instruments. Yeah, they get woodwinds we going. Get, I think strings a bit later. Strings and horns as we get to the end of uh, either the first verse or the second. Yeah, I think the second verse is when stuff really starts to come in. Uh, then you, yeah, you get like like all the backup vocals because this is really a vocal group. Um, yeah. And they get their like do 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 backup vocal stuff going on. And yeah, yeah and the horns are playing. That's right. So they do the backup vocal work of the original plus these. Da -da -da -da. It's very, it's very consistent throughout the second verse. They do that. That's when the horns come in. We've had the strings just before that. Um, drums are really just keeping the beat here. It's like a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, not, not a whole lot going on there, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. 
and moving into the bridge is like it's kind of like two tracks like now tracks is wrong anyway two things going on basically you're getting the like original melody and timing with the backup vocals and then the main vocals get to do their sort of slightly jazzed up version of it over top of yeah. it so they're kind of doing the same uh and we've heard this kind of thing before um it's kind of a cool technique where you get to play with expectations a bit like i think this makes sense mostly in the context of it's a cover song that people know because now you can you know it's fairly simple to just to switch it up you can have give them the original thing and then the switched up thing and kind of like play with that expectation a bit yeah people seem to like doing it it gets done a lot. Yeah, because it's, it's like, this yeah. is the one you know, and this is how we're sexing it up. And you go, oh, wow. Now it's impressive. sexy. And I'm like, oh, wow. Slightly different Another timing. Another blue sky. And you're like, that oh, yeah. That turns me on. I, I'm turnt. <laughs> uh, and, of course, lots of strings. Yeah, the strings the go really high up. They're pretty low in the verses, but they, they go to that big, big high up range for the bridge. And then we get the same sort of psychedelic vocal sustain. With uh, strings also doing this sustain and these horns doing this. Yeah, play those like kind of like arpeggios on the horns. Mm -hmm. But yes, they borrow that like psychedelic Beatles esque thing that that we heard in the original. And then right back into a verse, you know, you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving on. That's what I always say. And, and they listen that, uh, to that, and they yeah. go and sing a verse. But they sing a verse. It's now more energetic than anything uh, since that point. Yes, because mostly I think two reasons. One, Gladys Knight is now like harmonizing on the vocals, uh, so there's more vocals happening, um, mm-hmm. and there's the piano playing. Yeah. Um, I think there was a piano before, but now you can really hear it. And it's kind of it's kind of bouncy, so yeah, it's much more active. It's doing a little bit of bouncing, um, some like licks here and there. Yeah, you got her on the backing vocals, and then we get another dude who rolls in around like the two fifty mark. Do 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 do. Not a dude, sorry, guy, sorry. But, uh, yes, yes. The or, fourth line gets like a its own singer. Yeah, seems to be someone else. That makes sense. Yes, I think so. it's it's almost like there are two lead singers at a at a certain point here. One of them sort of leading the back of vocals, and then the other who kind of ad libs, just around it. Yeah, I was curious. I mean, about how that kind of stuff. One, how you decide to do that sort of thing, but I guess it's just like we're doing a song. But also, yeah, but I guess have, if you're a vocal group, you need vocal tricks like yeah, that, right? Or you else? need something to make it interesting. And this works. Um, yeah. But I was curious, like, in terms of, like, from a production standpoint, is it just a, a case of have them sing it in this way? So this guy stops doing his backup vocals voice and starts doing his main vocals voice or something? Or do they actually have to, like, adjust the levels significantly or, like, mix the voice differently? Right. Yeah. I don't know. But it's something I mean, to think the, about. The latter, I think, would make more sense. But it's it's possible also, given 
how rudimentary recording technology can be sometimes that you might have to do it the the former way yeah so i don't know but uh kind of cool yeah to think about so then after we get this big build up of everybody singing in vocal group tricks we fade out to that intro again that bright bright sunshiny day yeah and that goes for a while like you said yeah like almost uh like almost a full minute i think it's about 40 seconds so it's um it's long you could just loop it you could this is a, a loopable song definitely yeah, this is one you could permanently loop and uh people might not notice for a while they would only notice because the song was still going after a certain period of time they would yeah like, they would be like is this song playing again or is it the only thing that's been playing like did this song play like three times like no it only played well it would have played like it, three times no, but it's played 30 times. it's never stopped playing that's right possible um i also want to shout out there's some cool piano chords i mean i don't know what chords they're specifically but they sound cool right before this section in their like rip repetition bit where they're doing the yeah. refrain i mean both this version and the previous have been two well-known acts i think doing what they do best and, and doing it pretty pretty well yeah doing their own spin on it that's not necessarily the most well this one's definitely more different this one puts a lot more vocal focus on and you get a lot of really interesting harmonies and stuff yeah we still get some reliance on horns though um this one does add woodwinds in which is strange but you know it's not out of place yeah they kind of have their like little orchestra or band or whatever yeah and uh yeah more emphasis on the vocals like you said but other than that it still follows pretty close to the structure of the original build 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 the blue sky verse is the biggest then you do a big verse and you get the fuck out of there yeah and just repeat for a while tell people stop dancing speaking of big we're going to talk about liza minnelli in 1970 i can see clearly now the way it has gone i can see all obstacles in my way wasn't a, a lot, of, lot of big names that on was, this one uh, that wasn't a weight joke and, yeah she's yeah, was, quite short i think so yeah, yeah i suppose <laughs> at least based on what i've seen of her in arrested development she doesn't yeah, seem so very actually tall talked about this um this concert anyway this live performance before um on our uh if you could read my mind episode yes it was like the first song she started with right yeah because because the first song is like Liza Minnelli. Drum roll. Um, So this is, yeah, another one on there. Um, And she kind of like fakes it out because, I mean, we talk about a lot of songs build throughout. That's how songs work structurally a lot of the time. Um, She kind of fakes it out because in the beginning she's like, she's like pretending to be all tired and Mm -hmm. says like, it's time for an old tambourine number. And like, she says old, but this song was not that old at the time. Yeah, it was this is like mid seventies. <laughs> um, so, but like this song builds, they they do a, a huge build because it starts with 
yeah kind of that tambourine and like there's an organ as well it's pretty much oh yeah because she she plays this she plays up like you said like she's on her last legs she's very dramatic she's like i can't i'm at the feet don't fail me now point right and then she struggles around and she says you're gonna like this this is good too ready 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 all right and then she starts shaking this tambourine as a uh what comes in with her it's a, an organ, I think, that comes in. Yeah, there's an organ playing like. Kind of sound. Yeah. Boom, boom. Um, a guitar comes in and noodles like briefly, but then it's uh, lost. Yeah, this guitar also sounds like different Beatles to me. I was, I've been listening to Let It Be Naked lately, mm. and it kind of sounds like uh, that to me. Okay. I guess let it be generally, but that's the version I happen to have been listening yeah. to. So this is uh, like another example of like a, a, a big name performer just bringing this song right into their element. This is very stage show, very big vocal yeah, Broadway performance. Yeah, it's got just that Broadway feeling vocals for sure. Now the pain is gone. Just some of that, and yeah. then she does some big stretches. Make uh, it we get now the pain is gone. Yeah. Yeah, we can get some hand claps from the audience. Uh, around like the 137 mark, she really actually belts it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gets huge right there, right at the end of the second verse. Saturday! Um, and then moves into this bridge, and it's like, there's a, you get the like horn sting. Yeah. And then this like weird sound that kind of sounds like a, a phone like signal like you're pushing buttons on a phone like did it did like that sort of two frequencies combined yeah. thing and i don't really know how you do that maybe a synthesizer but it's just it's like like it's it's really going yeah so it sounds like someone is just hammering on a number pad um yeah, dude. And yeah, there's a few other transitions here, and kind of a strange one, because uh, mm-hmm. it does that for a bit and like plays that organ, and then slows right down on blue skies, and starts like, and it's so strange because it reminds me of Mr. Blue Sky, which was released four years after this. Yeah. And like, cool, but how? Yeah, this is. I mean, it's quite clear that whoever is backing her on this is a, is a group of skilled musicians. Like, yeah, absolutely. Buck Wild on the first half of the Blue Sky segment. Um, in the last like minute and a half, at least, of this song is just purely instrumental. Yes, that is true. It, the orchestra plays this out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's dancing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, presumably. Um, it's got that feeling. Particularly, there's a call and response segment with the. Uh, I don't know what the fu- a saxophone, I suppose, and some bigger horns. Or it's like, and they go, <laughs> as horns are wont to do. <laughs> exactly. And so they do that. But call seriously, I'm se- like, sorry, I'm just, I got to this no, part again. Ahead. They even do like a drum roll. It sounds so much like Mr. Blue Sky, which came out in '77, which was yeah, after just, this. Like, what happened? That sharp, I don't know. It's. I think it's that like, like moving from. <laughs> Very different segments, just smoothly. Maybe is a sort of a Mr. Blue Sky element. I guess it just sounds kind of like Mr. Blue Sky. Um, I think it's wild. I think it's wild. Yeah. 
Sorry, I need to yeah. breathe. Okay. No, that's good. No, I was just I was just dragging us <sighs> through the the rest of it. Um, you get the call and response segment. Get a drum roll that takes you into just a, a non call and response version, but of the of the same segment. Then we get to uh, a version of the verse with uh with the instruments. Yeah, they do that for a while, and then just like kind of turns into just whatever. Just just jazz, dude. It's just yeah. like fucking jazz. It's just jazz, baby. <laughs> and but, like, I mean, if you're it sounds about pretty the good. Feel good energy of the original. Like this, this, this capitalizes on feel good energy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more like Broadway approach, and I'm sure seeing it with, I assume someone dancing would be, um, you know, would add to the experience, but pretty solid, I would say. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, yeah, if you if you like big big tunes, big band tunes with Liza Minnelli. Doing doing some bits at the start, boy. If we got a song for you, yeah, she definitely has like it. What it reminds me sort of, um, because I mean this part she's like talking about how tired she is, and she's like two thirds of the way through, maybe not even. Yeah. Like she's got a lot of show left. Kind of reminds me of that uh, live David Bowie album, the uh, a reality tour, where he keeps just being like, "You guys better like." Uh, you know, get ready because this we got a long way to go. Like this, just <laughs> gotta. We're you know we're getting tired. I'm getting a little tired. I think I might need you guys' help. Like, and then everyone sings along. Everybody sings along. Classic. This is a classic performer move. Yep. Yep. Speaking of a classic performer, uh, let's talk about Ray Charles in the year 1977. I can see clearly now. Ray Charles. Often referred to as The Genius. The Genius, which is a pretty good nickname. Um, I Reading his Wikipedia page made me feel like I should listen to more Ray Charles because everyone thinks this guy's great, and I don't know much about him at all. Because they call him Ray Charles Boy Genius? They call him Ray Charles Boy Genius. <laughs> um, and Billy <laughs> yeah, Joel I, likes I, him, so... I mean... Well. What else yeah, is there Billy to say? Billy Joel likes it. Um, Billy Joel does have that one song he did with Ray Charles. Oh, yeah. I don't think I like that one. Baby Grand. Baby Grand. Um, but, yeah, he's an important figure in music. Also famously blind. So was him playing this song kind of a bit of a joke? I don't know. It was a good one, if it was. It's a good one. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even process it from that angle. My only real like knowledge of Ray Charles and I never even saw the movie, but that in 2004 they were they were really pushing the one where Jamie Foxx plays Ray Charles in a biopic. Oh right. He won an Oscar for that, no? Um, listen, dog. <laughs> Awards Lists of accolades received by Ray, the film, is a separate Wikipedia page from the... Uh, yeah, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> All right, there you go. Hey, he won, a, he won an Academy Award for that? He won a BAFTA? BAFTA? He won a, a Golden Globe? Double G. Yeah. We call him. Just, just raking in the awards. But yeah, Ray Charles. So this is... 
uh, Ray Charles singing it. D definitely. Definitely. Now, this one's got a little bit of, uh, at least I think it's a little bit of funk or something in it, particularly with that drum beat. Yeah, once that beat comes in. Um, and there's also, like, kind of got that funky muted guitar thing going on. Yeah. As well. Um, it starts guitar and piano, of course. Ray Charles, got to play some piano. Yeah. Um, and then, like, just this organ comes in after, like, there's, like, some guitar lick, and then just, like, on the organ. And then, yeah. yeah, totally, like, very funky, danceable beat. Um, but I was also wondering about the, the rhythm, because it seems familiar. Like, there's got to be a name for it, but I yeah, don't know what it's 100% called. 100% my thought, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, Alex will probably know it, but obviously... But it's it's hard to look up rhythms, right? Like, I can say, this is familiar, I don't know where I've heard it before, but I know I've heard it. But I can't Google... Like... Yeah, you can't just <laughs> do that. So one day I will figure yeah, it out. One day I'll I'll stumble of... across something that prompts me to figure this out, but I have to yeah. let it happen. Exactly. So um the guitar is mixed pretty low on this. Like it is playing, I think, throughout, but it's pretty low in the track. Yeah, it's kinda like more rhythm guitar function. Yeah. And like little licks, definitely. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything's doing licks. Like, there's a lot of licking in this song. There's there's licks yeah. from the horns. You know, that kind of stuff. Like an ice cream shop in there, baby. A lot of licking going on. Yeah, this is the ice cream shop of covers. Songs. <laughs> what I've always said about Ray Charles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one I thought was, like, kind of more even than some of the other ones. Because some of them have such a big transition. particularly. Mm -hmm. Well, one between the like verse and the refrain lines, and then of course between everything else and the uh, bridge section. This yeah. one didn't have as much of that because he gives us all of that energy right off the bat. As soon as that organ screams in, we we've gone from nothing to up high, and then he just kind of maintains it there. Yeah, it without me a bit. sort of metamorphosing it all that much. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of uh, we talked about an Otis Redding cover way back. Of a song, I, I think Otis yeah. Redding did energy. Was that and then more, what a wonderful more, more, more world? Energy. Yes. Yeah, kind of a similar idea in that, yeah, like you add the energy approach. and like give it some like style, and just like keep that up for the song. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's a good way to do a song. Yeah, and like this, this version does fucking rock. Like I was. Uh, you can't help but kind of like move along to it. It's got a good groove. Uh, it's got a pretty good guitar solo in the mix there. It's uh, yes, it's this one a has a guitar style, solo. Like said. Also does a second bridge. Yeah. Because why not? Why, why not? I'm not gonna tell you not. I'm not gonna tell Ray Charles not to do a second bridge. I mean, you can tell him that now. He probably. <laughs> you probably can't do right. anything about it now. But like, I'm not gonna tell him because it's it's the right decision. I'm not going to question Ray Charles. Uh, um, similar, some similar moves to the original. The backup vocals are essentially all in the same places. Mm -hmm. uh, you get horns in this version. Horns are pretty much a staple. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it, we're only on 77, so like we've only gone five years. 
yeah. the general musical styles are pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, hand drumming's in here as well, around the 250 mark. Yes, that's a pretty cool sound that comes in later. Yeah, um, you get some ad-libbing near the end, and you're in the, the similar big finish style. Sorry, I'm listening Sweet. for some piano stuff. I thought there was something, but I, I didn't write it down, so I'll never find it. Well. But yeah, it's just like this really like funky, groovy version of the song that yeah. is good to listen to. Yeah. It's uh it's a good it's you know, it's got a high energy. It's got Ray Charles vocals and piano. What else do you need? I I don't think I need anything else, which is why I need to listen to more Ray Charles. Oh, there you go. Well, what you do need is a 1993 version of this by Jimmy Cliff. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Jimmy Cliff. This Featured is in the hit film Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Tell me what you know about Jimmy Cliff, Alex. I don't know much about Jimmy Cliff. Um, I do know that I haven't seen Cool Runnings. Um, you piece of shit, Alex. Still haven't seen it, even that's, since the beginning of this episode. That's part of Calgary episode. history. It, it is, isn't it? Um, oh, I fucked something up. I fixed it. So he is called a... Well, he is Jamaican. Um... He's yeah, called a called ska a and reggae musician on Wikipedia, yeah. and I think it's interesting. I feel like we always see um, artists, and they're either ska and reggae or ska and rocksteady, but it's usually like only two of the sort of three genres. Right, yeah, they're never all three. Yeah, or I don't remember seeing all three. It seems like everyone everyone like has some ska, but like they're mainly w- reggae or rocksteady. So. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I don't totally know what that means right now. Maybe it's nothing. But that seems to be a pattern I'm noticing. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting about Jimmy Cliff. is He's one of two living musicians to hold the Order of Merit, which is the highest honor granted by the Jamaican government for achievements in the arts and sciences. Which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, this version hit number one in France, Iceland, and New Zealand. And reached number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. Not Canada, eh? No. Maybe just Calgary. Probably. We were like, fuck yeah, kill runnings. Yeah. We're in this movie. This movie. Sort of. I don't know where it's filmed. It's, um, I was definitely filmed in Cowboys and also, I think, on the COP, on the Canada Olympic Park. Calgary Olympic yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you... Like have that like it would be super easy to access that, and I'm sure not that expensive to film there. I don't know. Oh, definitely not in 1990. In 1993, yeah. <laughs> I was barely around in 1993. Yeah, I was living cheap and easy in 1993. Let me tell you. <laughs> Although on Spotify, if you look up Jimmy Cliff, it's like a compilation called "We All Are One: Colon The Best of Jimmy Cliff." The date is 1969, which is wrong yeah very um anyway this version of the song so this one now we're in the 90s 
There's a little. There's it's like some electronic nice. percussion. Yes, yes, there is. A, I think it is a drum machine on this. And uh, and then like some low bass. And some like yeah. bell doo doo doo, like doo, really doo, doo. ringing sound. Yeah. Don't know exactly what it is, or like some sort of tube or pipe kind of sound. Like it's that very hollow, vibrating sound. Yeah, it's some sort of interesting percussive noise. Yeah, but what it is exactly, I don't know. Um, um, I've written that there's a reverberating skank on this. Yes, this one also has that kind of like. This one is the one I noticed it on because it starts with that like halftime skank, right? Um, where it only plays once per measure, and then it does pick up later on. Um, and there's some piano chords too. Yeah, piano chords and like a little bit of arpeggio from them as well. I think, or at least just like small runs. They like a do do do. Yes, yes, and it's like that very. This one sounds very nineties. Yeah. It's got that kind of like echoey quality that I have come to associate with like 90s pop music. Yeah, it may be one of those things that like we just kind of discovered how to work in the 90s. They're like, oh, this sound works nicely. And then everybody just started doing it because it sounded okay. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's related to echo. Yeah. It certainly does seem to be that way. And particularly on, like, I guess what you might call... Well, it's de- it's present in what I would call world music or world beat. Mm. Like, but also in, like, I don't know, in this song, obviously. Right. And that's what I associated with, the 90s and, like, Sting. Yeah, that sounds In the right. 90s. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Um, I was going to say about this one, we get backing vocals that are pretty similar to the original. Um, we get an organ that comes in on the second verse, which is similar to the accordion in the original. Play It fulfills the same function. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so not yeah. only does the song sound very 90s, in a way it just sounds like a 90s update of the original. Like, it's almost a remix. It does kind of have that feeling. Maybe just because of the drums, because it's the first one with electronic drums. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's pretty straightforward other than that. Like, there's not a ton of, like, new crazy stuff going on. Um, yeah. It's just, like, gives you that 90s vibe. And if that's what you're craving, check this out and check watch Cool out. Runnings. I think, the yeah, movie. the only big difference is near the end, the guitar does just, like, some licks. Yeah, it's kind of, like, it's almost soloing. Is that, that's, like, the fade-out type? Like, that's after yeah. everything. Yeah, it is really, like, right at the yeah. end. And, like, other than that, it's a more electronic version. There's, like, some string synths playing, too, at points. Yeah. Um, and there's, a, there's like, like, a low bass synth in the bridge section that kind of has a horns sound or, like, a horns function. Yeah. Which I guess is sort of like the uh, synth in the original, maybe. But it's not, it's not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah, um with that, let's talk about the music video for it, which is predominantly just footage from the film. Yeah, I wasn't sure all of what was footage from the film, but a lot of it appears to be footage from the film. Some of it's obviously footage from the film. Some of it's just like people on the street or something. Yeah. And I don't know if that's from the film or not. Well, yeah, there's like people on the street, there's like a close-up of like plants and some water and stuff. 
Um, and then obviously the shots of Jimmy Cliff uh, just singing on like a hilltop. Yeah, just like in nature somewhere. Yeah. Um, this interestingly, the video is directed by where the fuck is his name? Scott Hamilton Kennedy, who is a Academy Award nominated film director, but did not direct Cool Runnings. He's directed <laughs> just like some documentaries. And this music video. And this music video, yeah. This is his big claim to fame. Did he, is this what he got the Academy Award for? <laughs> that would be incredible. No. Um, he was nominated. I don't think he ever actually received an award. Okay. He's done feature films including OT, colon, Our Town, The Garden, Fame High, and Food Evolution. Food Evolution. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I've heard of none of these, but hey. Me neither. But I don't really hear about documentaries that much, personally. Uh, okay, you know what? He probably won it for his 2006 film, Living It Up with the Brats. Oh, I bet you that's what it was. I think, and that's Brats with a Z, so I believe it is the, uh, the popular dolls. I, you'd think it would have to be, right? Like, yeah, that, like, that's got to be branded, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't use that name, really. Excuse me. Um, Excuse Alex. But yeah, th- other than that, like this, this video... Yeah, it's 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 just it's just it's just I'm stuttering. I'm sorry. Um, it's it just goes back and forth between shots of Jimmy Cliff on a hill somewhere with his arms outstretched, and shots of the movie. And then there's definitely one part where there's like a woman in a pink dress. Maybe it's just Kurt. She's in pink anyway, and uh, like playing a tambourine. I don't know if that's in Cool Runnings or not. I'm gonna say no, and she's outside of like a church. Yeah. It. Uh, I, again, haven't seen the movie, so I don't know, but it seems like maybe not. Yeah, I think probably not in there, but definitely in this. Um, Cool Runnings, probably on, eh, maybe not on Netflix anymore. I think it was at one point. Well, yeah, but now that Disney Plus is around. They gotta, they gotta is it a Disney movie? All there. That's a Disney movie, yeah. Okay, yeah, probably then. Um, yeah, so if you guys want, like, a quick hit of the movie Cool Runnings and also the song, I can see clearly now. The music video on YouTube is a great way to to fill that need. Yeah. Yeah, if you just need, like, some of the movie and you only want to spend three and a half minutes on it. And you want to feel very Olympic. Yeah. Check it out. I am feeling very Olympic. Um, speaking of something not very Olympic, Neil Finn in 1998. He's a little Olympic, on account of he's in Fleetwood Mac right now. And how does Fleetwood Mac relate to the Olympics? I haven't decided yet. You like... piece of shit, Alex. Neil Finn uh, of Crowded House. He's a uh, he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. Their big claim to fame is the song "Don't Dream It's Over." Of course. Uh, yeah. Now he plays guitar for Fleetwood Mac. Or at least he did while they were on tour. Obviously, they're not touring so now. Nobody's on tour. They've evaded me twice. Those bastards when they were on tour. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess the second time. Yeah. No uh, yeah, good. I think they just, I think Stevie Nicks just doesn't want to be in Calgary. Just doesn't like Calgary? She saw Cool Runnings yeah. and was like, no, thank you. She's like, fuck that. Um, although my parents saw them in Calgary, so we got them here some at some point. Yeah, and then your parents fucking ruined it for everyone. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm sure your parents were great concert goers. Yeah, that remains to be seen. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Your parents at a concert in the we're here late to talk 70s. About Neil Finn. No, it was like 2010. Um, uh, the, in the early 2010. <laughs> uh, or something like that. So also, apparently, one of the guys from Radiohead thinks Neil Finn is one of the music's one of music's most prolific writers of great songs. Hmm. But I don't know any of those songs, so. You don't know Don't Dream It's Over? Uh, I don't think so. And I'll head now, don't dream it's over. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, come on. I know that song. I didn't know the name of the song. Well, that's your fault. But I know the Hey Now part. That's pretty that's much a, it. That's a banger song. Um, This song is the version of I Can See Clearly Now that has harmonica in it. Yeah, and like kind of, I don't know if it's two different types of harmonicas. Probably not, but like there's a harmonica that's sort of playing like you'd expect a harmonica to play, and one that's doing these like really wide chords. Like it just sounds like someone's blowing on reeds, and it just oh, kind of yeah, goes like kind of like rhythm. Yeah, it's like a I guess it's a rhythm harmonica, but it's like just this very reedy, windy sound. Yeah, because I couldn't read what that instrument was. I knew it was something yeah. blown on. I think but... it's just a harmonica that like it's that you're just like breathing into basically. Okay, I can, I can buy that. But there's more uh, than that. There's also like guitar. It's like a guitar strumming pattern, and then like yeah, that guitar strumming pattern sounds like the I think the song is it how bizarre, how bizarre, how bizarre. You know that one? Not really. By OMC. I'm listening to it right now. You don't know that song? I might. Oh, I see the I see the uh, similarities. See the resemblance, yeah. The rest of the rest of it is not similar at all, but I mean, they're also a New Zealand-based group. Really? That's weird. That I know both of those from childhood. I don't know. I don't. Hey. I don't. Don't dream. It's over. Had international appeal, but. I don't know anything about New Zealand, so I know literally everything about New Zealand. Congratulations! The only thing I know about New Zealand is Sam Neil is from New Zealand. Sam Neil, yeah. Um, I know that name. He's in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, look at him. Yeah, I've seen that guy. Um, well, now I've seen everything. Now you've seen everything. He's also in Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, yeah. Where he has his New Zealand accent. And I was like, is that real? And it is. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so there, there's guitar in this. It's pretty sparse apart from that uh, guitar pattern. There's like a shaker percussion on this. It seems like, I don't think there's any kit drums on this. It's all more yeah, like auxiliary hand drums. percussion. What did you yeah, say? Hand drums. I hand said drums? auxiliary percussion. Auxiliary percussion? Sure, yeah. That sounds right. Isn't like... Things that aren't the main drum kit, you know? It's like the things you would attach to a drum kit, but they would be the main show. Yeah. Djembe. Djembe. Etc. Um, uh, that's sort of the, the Just basic. a banjo that you took the strings off of. Yeah, it's the banjo you took the strings off of. That's percussion, baby. So that's the, the sort of main basis of the verses. This one's a very, uh, very laid-back version. They get backup vocals pretty much the same as the original. 
um, strings come in for the blue sky section. Yeah, though they just kind of use that to make it big. Everyone at this point kind of sounds like the Beatles here. That's that psychedelic thing. Yeah. Um, but this I one too because it comes in with a guitar with the the vocal pattern in there. Like that's oh very yeah, much in line with the Beatles. Kind of like overdriven guitar. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it is just kind of like not really based around or built around. Like there's a lot of harmonica licks. There's a lot of harmonica in this song. Yeah. It's sort of like its identity, I think in a lot of ways. Well, that's not fair because it actually builds a pretty good sound. I think generally, but a lot of that is due to the harmonica. Playing like blues. plays a big part. The rhythm sections kept very simple. It's mostly just hitting two big beats every measure. And then that's, that's it yeah yeah it's uh and it's short 251 so pretty close to the original it's it's like a a good soft rock version basically yeah with a little bit of like that blues thing going on with that harmonica yeah but it's not like some of the other ones that really have that wall of sound thing going on it really kind of peels it back yeah, this one is really just like, let's make some, some big energy with uh, just a few instruments. With just a few harmonicas. Which is All harmonica, harmonicas. baby. Even the guitar part. Harmonica. Even Bet you didn't know the that. the guitar part. It's because I lied. I made it uh, up. That's what I figured, Alex. Um, but I'm not lying about, I, I mean, you're not lying. I didn't lie at all. Our next act is Aswad. Aswad in 2002. I can see Aswad. Aswad, the Aswad. British reggae group. Apparently, Apparently they've been around for a long time, too, like since the 70s. Yes, exactly, mid-70s. This and one, of course, their most recent work yeah. I've seen is just from 2009. So where they've been for the past 11 years, who knows? Just like, um, just chilling, man. Hanging yeah. Out. Yeah, man, just chilling. Just whatever, man. Yeah. Maybe just touring? Maybe it's like Billy Joel. He doesn't like release new albums, but he but he performs. But he does go on late night talk shows occasionally. He does go on late night talk shows and and toured until no one could tour. That's right. Um, um. Apparently, their name is Arabic for black. Which is cool, I suppose. Cool. So this one's pretty soft. Let Comes me remind. Like Ambient synth. Some, oh yeah it like fades in with the synthesized like this like string synth kind of thing mm-hmm. and like that's the first verse like the, a guitar comes in during the first verse at one point but it's yeah like just this softer version yeah yeah very gentle guitar coming in and then bring in that drum machine it's another one like it's got similar qualities, I think, to the like very '90s sound of the other one. This is a decade later, but it's still the early 2000s. So I think there were some yeah. similar trends at the time, and maybe it's just the way they do the synthesizers. I don't know, but I definitely like get that feeling from this one too. Yeah, it could be. There's something about the rhythm here that's like just the maybe it's just the quality of the electric instruments on this, the electronic instruments rather. 
but yeah, there's something that seems a little dated on this. And um Ah oh, fuck, I lost it. I had something to say, but I've like totally blanked. Was it about the light guitar skank? Uh, tell me about the light guitar skank. It's there. It's a light guitar skank. It's. I think it's just. Uh, it might be halftime, same as some of the other ones. You get this bass groove that I think is uh, synthesized, and it's just a short pattern. There's a little uh, like synth doing this kind of echoey, like almost like a Morse code kind of pattern. Um, more piano sounding synth as well in the verse. Yeah, definitely more like synth based. There's also, and I like to shout out these moments because they're fun. Um, after the the bridge, they do like a pause thing, and then like yeah. a little organ riff back in, it's like right after the two minute mark. This is like a bit internet. Yeah, I noted that as well because those are always fun. And then just like tss, right back into the music. Yeah. And now this one, again, like the formulas here are all very similar to a lot of these other ones. A lot of these covers are very similar. So you get strings rolling in on the Blue Sky segment, and then they stick around afterwards. Um, you get, you know, the slow building of extra little instruments and doodads here and there. Doodad. Uh, then it fades out, I'm pretty sure. I didn't even write the ending on this one. Um, this one has like a really long outro, um, just like on the refrain line. Yeah. Which, again, is classic. We've seen that in, like, I yeah. feel like every other version. Yeah, absolutely. Or a lot of them, if not all of them. Yeah. Um, well, actually, the last one ended with a, a, a harmonica. True. Riff. Yes. They just play for a while. Yeah. Well, just a bit. Um, this is another one that, like, didn't strike me as, like, overwhelmingly reggae, even though it had the reggae influence there. And yeah. I don't... Maybe reggae was just... That's what reggae was in 2002. I don't know. But to my largely untrained ears and lack of reggae historical knowledge, it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound super reggae. Yeah, but maybe it's because it's cool summer reggae. Maybe it is cool summer reggae. What does that mean? I don't know, dog. That's just what the album cover says. Oh, okay. Maybe it's Cool Runnings reggae. Hey, no, it certainly isn't. That's it Jimmy is not. Cliff. That's Jimmy Cliff. Definitely. Um, but it is. De- I, yeah, there was nothing profound about this version. Nothing that really I could latch on to. Yeah, I may have, uh, as I often do, just like started to lose interest uh, closer to the end of the playlist. But um, <laughs> I agree. I think. Yeah, I, I. I think. Yeah, a little bit of both might have happened. <laughs> It might be that the, some of the later ones are less interesting, but also... Yeah, you know, it is so hard to it. tell. But I sometimes like later ones. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it doesn't help that the next one is a, a Glee alumni. Glee alumni. Which, which, Among which other things. Telly Leung in 2012. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I was uncertain of whether to say 2012 or 2012 there. Uh, You made the right decision. Well, thank you. 
Um, American actor, singer, and songwriter known for his role as Wes, a member of the Dalton Academy Warblers on the hit television series Glee. Yeah, he was on Glee for a bit. Um, he does Broadway performances and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a musical theater guy. There is, is that... a point where this version just sounds like, a like, Diet Liza Minnelli. Yeah, a little bit. He's got, he's definitely, like, less instrumentation. It's more of, like, a soft jazz thing. Yeah. Um, comes in with, like, that piano and, like, a cello, I think. Mm-hmm. Now I want to say just just to to add some layer of discussion to this when I uh, when I pick songs off of secondhand songs listings to build a playlist, occasionally they will have uh, beside a song a, a sort of a, a classification of it beyond the fact that it's a cover. It'll say something like "unusual cover" or like "editor's favorite," right. and this version was the editor's favorite for I can see clearly now. Who was the editor though? I don't fucking know, but, like, whoever edits secondhand songs, I imagine there's several, like, there people on that, on that team, but yeah, this one was... Cover song pick. I think, I don't know, I mean, a lot of people liked Glee. It was on for a long time. He was on Glee, so maybe this just, they know it because they got I'll Cover You, which is the album name, because they knew this guy was on Glee. Yeah, maybe. It's um sometimes like sometimes the editor hits and they pick a a good or at least unique cover. Other times they'll just be like, "Ah, this sad slow piano version, my favorite." Yeah, I I just don't understand it. Yeah, I uh I don't know, man. Um, um yeah, but for this one, so it's uh this is 2012, so hot off of his appearance on Glee too. He was on Glee in tw- 2011. Um we start off with piano and I think a cello. I think so too. And it's it's very sparse. He's got a he's got a very high voice, kind of similar to the original. He's in he's in Johnny Nash's range. Um and then yeah, it starts out sparse instrumentally, and then about a minute in maybe it picks up into a more like like Liza Manilli light, some Broadway jazz. Yeah, you get the piano gets a little more li- like what's quicker? Quickens? The yeah. plays more staccato. It's probably yeah. an Italian word for whatever it does, but I never well, learned I that part staccato of staccato is an Italian word. It is, but like in terms of like uh um staccato is more like play this note staccato, whereas you can be like play this song in this way. But this, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the first minute of this is uh, a lot of piano arpeggios. It's that cello going, and it's very uh, like soft, like slow Broadway song. It sounds like something you'd hear if you bought the album for any modern musical. You'd be able to hear something that sounds like this, almost beat for beat, note for note, from the singer to the instruments. It's all yeah. very yeah. When you way. get like a, a solo song, when they're like realizing something early on, kind of thing. Yeah. Or like the first song before the inciting incident happens to establish how great everything is. Right. And then it's kind of this almost dramatic irony because you're like, something has to happen. I paid to see this musical. There's got to be a plot. Yeah. Can't just watch people singing happily for an hour and a half. Maybe you can. Let's write that musical. Let's, Let's make it happen. And when I say write, I mean like... With a GH. Let's playwright this. 
Alex. Hitting me with the the writing puns. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I can't tell you. I can't speak writing puns. I have to oh, describe yeah. them to you. You got to write them out. That's. I mean, yeah. That's 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 their thing. Otherwise, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Obviously, we're not talking about this song because it's boring, right? Yeah. This is boring. I mean, a lot of it is kind of his, um, like kind of vocally showing off there's a lot of runs and stuff like techniques it almost feels like like a resume at times like he's like look at this thing i can do and this thing i can do which is like great i guess you do that because you challenge yourself um when you're performing um but it, it just feels like that like it's kind of a showcase yeah it's uh and it doesn't it's like the 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 first the original version has a sort of quiet energy to it it's not bombastic but it does does uplift you yeah um i feel like this one doesn't hit that note and it also doesn't hit the note of the more overtly energetic like liza minnelli version or even the like sunny and Cher version right yeah the liza minnelli version felt very like musical theater and was very performative mm-hmm. whereas this is kind of just the singing side yeah without the performance as much in that kind of like very dramatic style of singing and performing i can hear that yeah. i can I, I can see that it's it's more just like he's a thing he's singing and i thought it was like fine overall oh yeah um, it wasn't and it was uh inoffensive it was even i would almost say well not totally it was one of the more different versions just compared to the original compared to some of the other covers but still not that interesting to me anyway that like we we have possibly like so many times shown that this is not really a style of music we like that much yeah and this is just another one of those it is. It's uh, I don't know, cause I I do like stripped down versions of songs sometimes. Yeah, that's true. I'm not a, I'm not against them. There's something about stripped down with like a weird polish on it that you go like, I don't know what this is. Right. It definitely has it has that feeling of like being polished to this mirror shine in kind of I I don't know. In a way that I I certainly find a little off putting. Um, yeah. And I, maybe that's part of it. I'm trying to explain it. I could be way off base, but, but I, I think, I think we're approaching this from a similar place. Yeah, I think so. And the next thing we're going to approach from a similar place is our final verdicts. Final verdicts. We got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version you're going to play on a sunshiny day. The sunshiniest day version alex worst version why and you say worst version i mean really there's only one version we had negative things to say about maybe that's not true i mean the last two i think were the weakest i agree significantly um as for which was the worst it was probably for me probably pet probably i don't know why that word was so hard to say Probably Telly Leung. Yeah. Not 
not a version I want to listen to that bad. I also didn't really resonate with Aswad. It's just I'm more sort of biased against Telly Leung's stylings. Mm-hmm. That's really I all mean, it is, too. Yeah, like, Aswad was in a territory that the original and another very popular version, the Jimmy Cliff version, kind of already mapped out and did. Yeah. So when they piggybacked on it, uh, it just wasn't a lot that they could do and not a lot that they did do to really define themselves in that field. Yeah, it didn't really bring anything new to it. That wasn't yeah, that said, like, I think it still plays to some notes of the original and still gives like a feel-good vibe, whereas I found Telly's, Telly Leung's version was just, uh, like, yeah, it just didn't hit any good notes even though it did try. And sometimes I try to give more points to the more adventurous version, but I don't think this version is adventurous. I think it is just different in this grouping of songs we've selected. Right, right. It's not a person that's trying something out there. Just kind of doing his thing that he does. Yeah. And it just and, and in this case, it just happened to be different from what a lot of other people did. Um, Although, it could like, be if we had picked another, you know, X amount of songs. There would have been a ton that sound just like Telly Leung's. And so for it's that possible. reason, I don't think he's quite that out there. And there I think are it is the worst version. A lot of versions of this song. Tons. <laughs> um, Alex, speaking of versions of this song, what's the best version? What is the best version? Which one would I want to listen to? I mean, I really dig the original. Um, but I can't say that. Unless I want to break my own rules that I kind of made. Yeah, I mean, there was never a Which rule is possible. <laughs> Which is possible. Uh, I feel like I feel like I see where this is going, but I, I gotta say Ray Charles. Like, it's... It's a good version. It switches it up and, like, makes it more even throughout, but, like, in a good way. Yeah. Because it gives you yeah. all of that feel-good energy right off the bat. And, and maybe like he's making talked- a joke about it. And I think yeah, that's cool. Could be another layer there. I mean, he is Ray Charles boy genius. He is Ray Charles and boy genius. Even in terms of like the content of the song, like the lyrics are fairly one note. They have one idea. True. And and so why not just take that idea and give it the energy it needs and just sustain it throughout? It's a perfectly logical train of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and my thing is, I think the earlier covers of this are the better ones. And I think part of that is that, like, like all of these uh, people, Gladys Knight, Sonny and Cher, Liza Minnelli, and Ray Charles are all pretty much musical giants in their own right. Yeah. And they, all, all they really did was just kind of do this song in their style, but it sounded good because they're, they're good at what they do. True. Yeah. And, and like, they're all good versions. They're all enjoyable versions. Yeah. And that's, I suppose, why I'm struggling to pick a favorite, but I think I have to, to go with you on this just because Ray Charles is, has, has got a great energy on it. And, you know, the, the drum beat was interesting. Like, there's so many little notes of it that stuck out to me uh, that I think, yeah, I think it's got to be the best version this time around. Yeah. Alex, what's the sunniest, shiniest, dayiest version of this? What is the sunniest, shiniest version of this? Hmm. <laughs> is it sunny and share? Um, I mean, there is one extra sunny in there. There is an extra sunny there. 
<sighs> Which version? I feel like the... The Neil Finn version has kind of this quality because it is more based around this guitar, this sort of less filling sound that makes me feel of makes me feel of makes me think of sunniness in ways that i can't fully articulate but i think it's got to be neil finn that harmonica with the hand they just kind of mixed together yeah I uh, I was honestly gonna pick the same one. I, I suppose I will. Neil Finn. It had a just a, a laid back vibe to it, and a, a bit of harmonica and stuff. Kind of speaks to what I would maybe seek out on a sunny day, just a, a semi isolated spot. You know, not sparse sounds, but the the sounds that are there are, are just kind of rock and roll and and easy, like the Neil Finn version. Yeah, and but honestly, I feel like the original would like fit this just as well because. It's oh, pretty yeah, great easily. too. So, um, yeah. So that's Excuse our final me. verdict. Uh, if you got similar opinions, different opinions, or want to talk to us about a version of the song we didn't talk about, of which there are many, hit us up so on Twitter many. hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise guy, or send us an email at CoverMePod at gmail dot com. Uh, you know, send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You know, we we take it all in slowly. It's We've got a few uh, few suggestions from John, Ooh. our number one listener, come come down the pipe. Number one, number one. Um, be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app, my favorite podcasting app, and Alex's favorite podcasting app. We're on all of them. Wow. But I think you can only review us on Apple. So do it there. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends to do it, and then you can all remark upon how you did a good thing for. Us specifically, us, yeah. Specifically, just me and Alex. We're not again. The Cover Me Studios makes it sound larger. You did great work for the Cover Me Studios. We're gonna dip into our bonus segment. A question I came up with literally ten seconds ago, Alex. Uh-huh. With your musical capabilities at their current level, what famous band, uh, present or from the past, do you think you could successfully fill in for? Successfully fill in for. Um, who had really short shows because I don't play music for long periods of time. Um, keep in mind if you think you could just sing for a certain band, true, I can, I can theoretically sing. Um, okay, all right, okay. Time to talk some shit about a band that I haven't come up with yet. Um, here i'll give you a cheap one and this is anybody can technically do this but you could be you could fill in for sid vicious of the sex pistols probably i mean i have definitely seen he played bass right yeah is that it? yeah anyway i'm not saying bass players aren't but important sid vicious famously didn't really know how to play his instrument right yeah yeah that's true of like a few like the monkeys right they like they didn't play their instruments but they they sang i think i don't remember um Let's see. Who else? Some, like, outsider stuff. Um, fuck. I feel like I almost had one. Um, hmm. You could probably be the uh, synth player for Tiffany. For Tiffany? <laughs> fuck. Um, 
I could. I feel it's gonna be like some like punk group that are mostly yeah, like those noise are, are kind of easy fills. But with the energy on those two, you're gonna need. That's gonna be oh, tough true. on your wrist. That's true. I think I could do it. Let's imagine that that's not a problem. Right. Let's imagine you are of good health. It's six months from now, and I'm perfect health. He said, hopefully. Um, and I am filling in for. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Just going through my knowledge, which is vast. Your of course, vast my vast knowledge of everything, and trying to come up with something. Not <laughs> merely vanilla. Other than that, I can't dance. They famously lip synced. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was it was a whole thing. That's right. Um. But I think they danced, so maybe not. But I'm going to go with that. There you go. That's it. Yeah, I could see you filling in for Millie Vanilli. It'd be Milden Vanilden. <laughs> Milden I'm both of them. Yeah. I don't know if they went as Millie and Vanilli. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. Or if they were just the group Millie Vanilli. Um, mm-hmm. But I could be Millie and Vanilli. And Vanilli. If I didn't have to actually do anything. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a that's a safe role for you. So yeah, I could probably I could probably fill in for Sid Vicious on the Sex Pistols. Um, otherwise, like maybe I'm trying to think of like a bassist who doesn't do a lot. You could put the makeup on and be like, uh, fucking like just join Kiss. Oh yeah, I could probably be Gene Simmons yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, Gene Simmons. Um, I'm trying to think. I just feel like in a lot of groups, like as a keyboardist. Myself, the I feel like they've always got like one sleeper like genius, and it's often the keyboardist. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, who am I filling in for? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's I I thought the question might be easy, but it's not. I could it's be tough. the bassist for. Real big fish. Mm, no, nope. probably not. I figured it out. Okay, I don't remember the group. It? Fuck. Who was it? Okay, I I I saw an old show, uh, like an old clip, and it was like, it was like the Ed Sullivan show or something. And I don't remember what the group was, but they had a dude, and he was like standing in front of everyone. He and he was playing a tambourine, and that was all he was doing. And he looked like he should be a singer, but the organ player was singing and playing the organ. So they just had a dude who was in front of everyone playing the tambourine, but I don't remember who he was. So I could fill in for that guy just playing oh, the tambourine. Yeah. That's that's it. We can all be the tambourine guy on this. And stand day. in front of everyone and wear like 1960s attire because it was the 60s. Well, that's what we have to say about this exhilarating <laughs> topic. If you want to tell us about a, a band or band member you could fill in for successfully, hit us up. Hashtag band in stand in. And instead. And tell us. Tell us what you think. That's the end of our episode. Thank you all for joining us. And as we always say on Cover Me, look all around. There's nothing but Cover Me.